you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all. With Tebow Tebowing and Mile High Payton's throwing, it's time for football. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the year. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. I know you are because it is indeed the footballiest time of the year. Shout out to my main man, Dick Banks, for uh, for creating that nice little song for us. Welcome to episode number 183 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available, as always, on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. And as always, I remind you, go ahead, rate it and comment and this, that, and the other on iTunes. It's a solid to your old pal, Dave. Thanks very much. All right, joining me in Studio 66, we made it. You know, it's not... A couple of hours away. It's not, you know, next week. It's here. Zero days until football season is here. College football has arrived. Yes, I know some people uh, are, are NFL purists. I don't. I, I think they're missing the boat because what we have on the way now is nothing short of the greatest postseason tournament in all of sport. One year from now. In 2014, we will have the Final Four in college football, and there's not going to be anything better than that. Let's talk a little college football and beyond with our main man from NFL Fantasy Live. He is the host of the NFL 365 podcast, also available on iTunes. And he is the host, along with uh, Petros Papadakis, of the PMS show, 
on uh, on Fox Sports Radio. It's Matt Money Smith. What's the poop, fella? Oh, the poop is I'm in a studio. Why is it Studio 66 with Dave Damashek? What do you mean, why is it 66? Yeah, why is it 66? Who's, who's maybe the greatest athlete of our lifetime? Oh, come on. See, it never fails straight out the gate. It's an honor to look. There he is right yeah, there. Yeah, I see him. Mario Lemieux. What, what flag is he holding there? What? His, his nation's flag. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? He's the adopted son of... How about a little uh, Chris Chelios, huh? How about no. America's proudest son? No, thank you. Come on. Yeah. How about some Mike Madonna? Chris Chelios. Huh? Chris, let me tell you how something about, some about Dustin Chris. Brown or Jonathan Quick? This is an Olympic year, You're Shaq. Pr- we are we are six, seven months away. You know what? Can I tell you something? What? I love the red, white, and blue. You just better. Just like anybody else. I do. But when it, if, if push comes to shove... I'll take black and gold over red, white, and blue. And that's why. What? That's why. Let me say something. You'll take to a you. man who takes a paycheck from the U.S. and sends all those funds up north to our that's hat. That's not the way To Lemieux America's behave. hat. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something about, about this Mario Lemieux. Yes. He's, he's Pittsburgh's favorite son. He didn't want to be there 25 years ago, but now he's embraced it, you see. He saved the hockey team. What, he he not did. Once, not twice. Three times he saved that team, and I don't mind telling you and anyone within the sound of my voice, when they played the the most recent, uh, was that the Olympics? Was that already four years ago yes. when Crosby scored in overtime? Yes. I said. Patrick Kane. USA v. Canada. A shaky Roberto Luongo. People asked, who are you rooting for? I said, well, of course, USA, unless... Crosby can score the game winner. You've got to be kidding That's me. That's right. You've got to be That's kidding me. That's what I said, and I'm not going to explain myself to you. Now, listen. That's let's disgusting. Talk. I want to talk about other things. I want to talk about Cover sports. this man in maple syrup. Let's wrap him in flannels and send him north. There's nothing wrong with Canada. Are you besmirching Canada? What I know it's not your nation. I do like Canada. Here's my problem, though. Toronto's beautiful. I don't like their condescending attitude when it comes to the Olympics and hockey. I don't like it one bit. What do you mean? What's what, what? They, they behave as though we're not a threat, as though no other nation on earth is a threat to their gold medal. And you know how close they were with that shaky Luongo in goal from losing that gold to us? Yet they behaved as though, well, look, I mean, yes, uh, you, you, there's this cute little nation here put it into overtime, but we always knew it was going to be ours. I don't like it. I don't well, like it one bit. Chris Chelios is not exactly the guy who you want to represent your nation with that sun-baked. Do you ever see him around L.A.? You see him in sun-baked. Malibu all the time. He's swarthy. He's a Greek. He, I'm swarthy. He's not, no, he is I, swarthy. Listen to me. He's I a have, Greek. I have plenty of man fur. Listen, I take the sun. It doesn't turn red <laughs> on me. It turns bronze. He goes too far with it. All right, listen. All I, right, all right. I'm done with that. I want to, first of all, compliment you before we get into the football. I want to compliment you. I caught your interview with Vin Scully, and to me, that would be a pretty intimidating event. What's it, it like yapping with Vin Scully again? You could. Well, what is the? Uh, how do how do you download that if people want to dig it up? It was good stuff. You and Petros. Uh, uh, FoxSportsRadio.com, Petros and Money Page, and you can get the podcast from two days ago. Uh, we did Vin Scully. We were out at Dodger Stadium. It, it really is the. More than any. I mean, it really is, Dave, the one guy that freaks me out when, oh, when I can he imagine, comes on. Yeah. You know, the heart starts beating a little bit. You measure your words. You don't want to say anything stupid. You feel like you're being judged. And uh, I don't want to say it's uncomfortable, but you're you're nervous that you're going to screw it up. It's Vin Scully. You're, you're freaked out that you're going to do something wrong. If Vin says, I didn't care for 
Matt Money Smith's line of questioning. And by the way, that must be quite a thing to hear Vin Scully say, thanks, Petros. Thanks, Money. Yeah, he calls me Money. <laughs> money, get in. The first time I met Vin, I was in the press box. And the guy that does the stats for the Lakers, I used to work for the Lakers, so this guy, Doug Mann, is a stat guy. I've been a stat guy forever. He does Vin's stats. Hey, when you come up, you know, make sure you get my attention. I'm going to walk you in, and, and, and I want you to meet Vin. I was like, yeah, Doug, I don't want to do that. You know, it's all right. I'm just coming. You know, I'm covering the game. You know, it's all good. Sure enough, he sees me. He's like, hey, Matt, come on in. I'm like, nah, it's okay, Doug. It's all right, man. Nah, don't worry about it. Come on in. This goes on for about 30 seconds. All of a sudden, money, would you stop complaining and get in here already? And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. And that, that, that was my first introduction to, to Vin. He's the nicest guy. Could not be kinder. Looks you in the eye. You feel like you're the only person in the world when he's talking to you. How neat. He's, he's a great one. Is I, The one thing I took issue with in the interview was that you, ha- you asked him about Clayton Kershaw. Yep. And is he the greatest, uh, is this arguably the greatest single season of all time? And he said, no, I don't think you can compare him to what Sandy did back in the 60s, Sandy Koufax. I would like for you to have told him, I disagree with you. You're wrong about that. (laughs) Well, you know, it was, for people to to give you, to put it in context, Sandy has the greatest single season ERA uh, in Dodger history at 173. Going into that game against the Cubbies, Clayton Kershaw's was at 172. So I figured ah, a little little compare and contrast here. And, of course, Vin brought up the point that every baseball purist will bring up, which is, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> You're talking about 13 complete games, <laughs> the number of innings these guys pitch. It's, it's, you can't even compare. It's incomparable. So it's... It's just a fun little debate to kick around because Kershaw is the best pitcher of our generation. I don't think there's any question about it. All right. Time is already running short. It is. And I don't like that because I want to talk to him. Uh, do you know about my story with Joe Torre when I met when I interviewed him in the Dodgers uh, dugout uh, before a game? Did you get a word out or were you just admiring his giant face? I know. It's, it's but, huge. It really was. But what was interesting was... The so they had the the little uh, the stringers all the the gang of like ten or uh, fifteen reporters all gathered around him listening to what he had to say. Then they all depart. I had a one on one interview with him. So Joe said, and he's sitting not on the bench. He's sitting on the back of the bench. If you know what okay, I mean, yeah. up high. Yeah, his feet so, are on the bench. Right, exactly. So I so yeah, come on up here. So I jump up onto the bench, and I'm you know I'm nervous to talk to Joe Torrey. And the ceiling is lower than I think, and it's made of cement. And I bonk my head really, really hard on the ceiling. And I thought, wouldn't that be the greatest if I had woken up in Joe Torrey's lap? Oh, oh, hello, Joe. And that, that, that interview did not go well. No, were you goofy the whole time? Well, I asked him. I said, listen, Joe, you're an accomplished man in baseball, of course, an MVP. Obviously, we're, you were a great player. Then you win all those uh, championships with the Yankees. Did you think Hollywood gave you a little slap in the face by casting Paul Sorvino to play you? And his response was, Paul's a dear friend. That's it, huh? And then I knew we were yeah. we were headed south. He's he's a t- he's, he's a little tough. Not fun. No, he wasn't fun. I've got the impression not. he'd be a fun loving fella. He's he's a little tough. No, he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to laugh about Joe nah. Torrey. Then nah. he really didn't like him. The when only I thing- said, glad glad to be out of New York and away from Billy Crystal. That was another one. He didn't like that yeah. one either. He's, he will not play <laughs> the grab ass with you. The only thing he wants to grab ass about is horses. You talk about the ponies and he gets all excited. That's it. Ah. That's his deal. And who wants to talk about the ponies? Not me. Sport I want to talk about football. And we're entering into 
the greatest stretch, of course. We have this two-month stretch now. College football, baseball pennant races heating up. Exciting for Dodgers fans. Exciting for me as a Pirates fan that uh, it would look like they are definitely going to at least have a winning record. But let's talk college football. And well, actually, before we get to that, let me. Uh, I want to get for you get these on record because I've been asking everybody lately. Give me first of all, what's your final four? I love the college football final four, fast approaching. What's your NFL final four this year? NFL final four. I'll I'll always go Green Bay and New England. Those those I'll just get them out of the way. And then, really, absolutely, New England this year. They upgraded their defense the last two seasons. Right. I like a lot of the young talent they have on that defensive side of the ball. It's a horrible division. They're going to end up likely with home field throughout the postseason. I, I project them to go probably 12-4, and 13-3. Not not, I mean, the, I guess the worst-kept secret in the NFL. Tom Brady, as good as he is and as the Patriots' little uh, dynasty has been, they have been in a bum division for the entirety of his career. Yeah. With a couple of blips. Embarrassing. Uh, the other half of the AFC, I'll go the Broncos because, again, bum division. Kansas City is going to be a nice little surprise. I think I they would, might I take would, a run at them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a wild card here. It's tough to go from two and fourteen to ten and four, though. But they have they certainly have the personnel to do it. And I like that Alex Smith. Uh, so I'll go Broncos and. I'm going to, let's see, in the NFC second team, boy, oh, boy. Let me see here uh, as I ponder around and look at the standings to try well, to make sure it, I get this it, right. A lot of it has to do with, not uh, exclusively, but it has to do with whether or not you believe in the pistol. If you do, then it's hard to go against the 49ers. Yeah, or, well, because they also have the best defense. Yeah, that right. makes sense. I'll go I'll go Niners, Packers, and uh, Broncos, Patriots. Very boring. No sizzle there. No, indeed. So, Yeah. Sorry. Um, what do you got? What I'm do you think, got? I'm thinking about the Falcons. I'm not ready to announce it once and for all. But I like I'm, their I'm, defense. I don't like their defense either, but, you know, not unlike the Broncos in the AFC, who's going to ever be able to stop that offense? What what is What weakness does it have? What are you going to be able to uh, – Steven Jackson, I don't know, maybe he's a little over the hill. Well, Quizzy Rogers will be a fi- is a fine guy to spell. Yeah. They're loaded across the board there. I think that team. I'm not excited by it. I don't like watching dome football in January. I like it when it's cold outside yep. and everything else. That team feels to me like they're going to be unstoppable. I will say this: you know, you always see these photos of Yao Ming and how ridiculous he looks. You know, when he's standing next to somebody of average size. Jaquiz Rogers, I called a few of his <laughs> games at Oregon State. If you stand next to him, his trunk. I, I sincerely believe is wider than he is tall. He's like he's like five, he is not an inch over five six. All right, and he is so thick. He's I'm not kidding, Shaq. He's two of me thick. That's how wide that guy. It's like a it's like you hand the ball to a rectangle, and this rectangle just kind of starts running through these holes. That's how short and stout Quiz Rogers is. By the way, on a personal note, I'd like you to gain some weight. You make me feel bad about myself with my pot belly, and you know. I don't want to embarrass you, but even Miley Cyrus thinks you're getting a little thin already. It's, it's too much. You know, Sheck, it's, uh, I have I have small bones. I have a small frame. I, I, I like to think I have pretty broad shoulders, but uh, mm. it's, the, it's the bottom half that does not allow me to carry a lot of weight. When you have the stick legs, when you have mm. the bird legs, and I'm part of the skinny legs club, and a, uh, a heavier top, it looks ridiculous. You know, if you've got, got you. if you've got a solid trunk down there, it's okay to carry a little weight. But that for me, it looks stupid. That doesn't do much for me, and like I no. say, my pot belly. All right, college football. Yes. And we got into an argument. We were in New York City last week for uh, for the fantasy draft week, and uh, you and I got into a semi-heated debate in front of our boss, Tom Brady, not the Patriots QB. No, at dinner. 
Yeah, it did. Lower. Yeah, at a, at a Tony little, uh, you know, Lower East Side spot. Charlie after Bird. After hours, yeah, yeah. We had some wine. Delicious. We, we had some bla- We had some grilled octopus. A couple two-tree beers. Yeah, yeah, it was terrific all the way around until money attacked me. Well, you attacked me. I said that I— You fired I, the first salvo. I say that the final four that is fast approaching here is going to be, as I said at the top of this, the best tournament in sport— and you disagree. You feel yeah. like it's only a start in the right direction. Well, most most people seem to think we're headed toward four super conferences. You know, four conferences right. of 20 teams apiece or 16, probably four conferences of 16 teams. Right. They'll threaten and to break off. And we'd be there. Wouldn't we almost be there had Texas just decided to do that and two Oklahoma, years ago? And Oklahoma, go to the Pac-12. Right. The Big 12 would have dissolved. The other teams would have probably been spread been out to the Big 10 and the ACC. And there you go. You've got the Pac-12, the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC. And that's it. You're done. And that's where we seem to be going. My issue with the Final Four, as it stands right now, is when you look at the power conferences, you still have the Big Ten. And while they're down and have been down, and I'm not crazy about the Big Ten at all, uh, there's still a recognized conference that an undefeated team ought to be included in the postseason. you got the Pac-12, the Big 12, which stuck around because Texas and Oklahoma didn't go, the ACC, and the SEC. So right now you've got five conferences. You can't have a champion from one of those five conferences be excluded from the playoff. It just doesn't work. There's two, you know, as much as I want to slack the the Big Ten for not being great after the first couple teams, you can't have a playoff without the champion of that conference in it. And, and until they restructure and come up with these four super conferences where you have 60 teams included, it's not going to work. And and I would expand it to eight. I would just add the one extra round because that's where you get – Eight where, is fine by me. Yeah, and I'll sign off That's on all eight. I want. I want the one extra round where you can get the champ of the Mountain West, be it a Boise State – or Nevada when you had Colin Kaepernick and Luke Lippincott there and they were running that pistol and no one could figure it out. That's what's fun. You know, when one of those teams gets in and it's, you know, one week, it's a week-by-week single-game elimination. And that's what's, you know, that's what's interesting about the pistol. And, and really, just it, now I'm on a tangent here, about the Pac-12 and why I think the Pac-12 is the best watch in college football. Because of those 12 teams... You've got 11 different offenses. Mm-hmm. So every week, these defenses have to prepare for either a spread option, a read option, a pistol, a pro set. Stanford, where they basically just run power all game long and beat you into submission. That You have the the, uh, the bear raid now is what they're calling it up there at Cal instead of the air raid with Sonny Dykes. you got Mike Leach and the air raid at Washington State. It's really cool that every week... As an opponent, you will face something different that you've got to figure out. Absolutely agree. One of the great things growing up uh, watching college football is, and it it was a little more regionalized even than it is now, and uh, as these conferences sort of spread out uh, uh, and cross over time zones and everything, that was the great thing, was the debate through the college football season. Big Ten power and brawn, or will they be able to And then there was the emergence of speed in Florida, and then that was another element. And then what the the higher – flying West Coast teams, and those matchups were always compelling to watch, and you're actually absolutely right. The last couple of years watching Stanford and Oregon hook up later in the season yeah. in completely different styles. I agree about that, but, well, let's let's stick in the, in the, uh, in the Pac-12. What do you think about Lane Kiffin? To me, to not fire him has now put him, put, if he doesn't 
go 10 wins and uh, we're starting we're not really starting at the top here because SC is probably not a top 10 team but no. if he doesn't finish in the top 10 if they lose let's say four or five games they kick him to the curb I assume and now they've really put themselves behind the eight ball because that's another year for Jim Mora to get to get further ahead in recruiting yeah. true well not not necessarily in recruiting USC is always going to recruit those letters those letters will recruit themselves there's so much talent in Los Angeles and those kids just want to go to USC they grow up you know especially the city schools Dorsey and Crenshaw they just want to go to USC that's what those kids want to do they're some of the best football players in the country they'll always be fine in recruiting um from a national standpoint, they're slipping a little bit. You know, kids are now going to Oregon. Kids will go right. to Alabama. Kids, so before SC, you know, basically any recruit they wanted, they could tap on the shoulder and say, come to Los Angeles. You know, the Pete Carroll, Snoop Dogg era. I like to go Will Fitz, so Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg, Pete Carroll triumvirate that would tell kids to come to LA. And they would, you know, and they would get Dwayne Jarrett out of New Jersey. And they would get these kids to come west. Now, Lane Kiffin probably slipping a little bit there. Here's and I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself in this answer. Here's what I'm trying to figure out with Pat Hayden, the AD at USC, and Lane Kiffin. Either a he knows what head coach he wants, and he knows he can't get him till after this season. And a lot of people speculate that that's Chris Peterson at Boise State that he's finally going to leave, and mm-hmm. that USC is the gig that he wants. And if that's the case, fine, I'll let you ride sure. with Lane for one more year if I know because I think Coach Pete is one of the brightest minds in all of college football, and he would be great at SC. But at the same time, if you're USC, Nick Saban walked into Alabama with sanctions. You know, I mean, people walk into these programs now. Al Golden walked into Miami with sanctions, and he had other offers. I know he was coming from Temple, but he was a hot name. He could have gone somewhere else, but he went for the program because it's a big name, and, you know, ultimately it'll be Miami and you'll be fine. So I don't know why you have to wait until the sanctions are close to just one year of scholarship reductions before you can get the guy you want, and that's why he's riding with Kiffin. But – if, in fact, that's why he's riding with Kiffin, and I'm hoping that's the case for the sake of football in our backyard, that next year we'll have the guy that Pat Hayden ultimately wants because he was given Lane. He inherited him from Mike Garrett. What? Who would win Pete Carroll's USC team, the okay. best of, yep. against Nick Saban's uh, Bama team? These are two modern-day dynasties growing up. Teams had nice little runs. Barry Switzer's Sooners were perennially pretty good. And yep. The Canes were pretty good, obviously. But this run of championships that USC had, and then that uh, led pretty quickly into into Bama taking charge of college football. Who wins? That's a great. That's a great question. I would. I would opt to lean toward SC because those defenses were so good. I mean, they, th- those defenses were stacked. I mean, that's really what Pete built more than anything. And Norm Chow ran the offense. I mean, that's you right, want to talk right. about just a murderer's row to have arguably the best offensive coordinator of his time and Pete running the defense and all that talent. That's where I think they'd get ahead of Alabama is when you're talking about Big Mike Williams and Fred Davis and Carson Palmer or, you know, Matt Leinart. I'd prefer to take Carson Palmer for building our super team and that giant cannon of his. Reggie Bush, Lendale White, the most beautiful zone runner I've ever seen in college football. Lendale's always overlooked. He was really the horse that made that whole offense go. It was a giant offensive and now line. He's a cow. Now he's a cow. Now he's fat Lendale White. I mean, FLW, you know, saying out of the league. You know, they call him <laughs> Snacks. He snacked his way out of the league. But, man, it was a thing of beauty to watch him run that zone and just plant that foot, make one cut, and he was gone. He'd hit that hole. Um, all right. I, you're, you're, I see so many different things I want to talk to you about. I want to Let's talk to you going. about I'll Oregon be a football. I wanna, I wanna, what do you think about Chip Kelly? And then I want to talk about also, but I don't want to be USC heavy, 
But I'm fascinated by the inability for USC to produce a single good NFL QB. It's remarkable. I always say Michigan State needs to change its name from the Spartans to the not Spartans because they are the masters of backup QBs in the NFL. Think about the number of guys. None of them are ever reasonable starters. But Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Stanton. Cousins. uh, Smoker. Yep. Um... There are more. But anyway, uh, Tony Banks, um, right. uh, Joe Morrill. It goes on. And that's their history is backup QBs. Why come USC can't produce a quarterback? I mean, Carson Palmer is the best quarterback in the history of the school. I mean, NFL QB. Honestly, you want to go like Pete Carroll era? Let's talk about a USC player. I mean, not not even a quarterback. Huh. Let's talk about a really? player that exceeded X. I mean, you have Lofa Tutupu. But, you know, he his career was shortened by injuries. Yeah. But I'm talking about a player that exceeded expectations. So you have Lofa for four years, obviously Triple Amalu. But beyond that, I mean, when you start talking huh. about the wow. Cedric Ellis, it's, it is hard to find a Keith Rivers. I mean, um, Chris Claiborne. I mean, you're talking about guys that were Duds. I mean, Bush, straight. Dwayne Jarrett. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Liner okay, would have so, been would have been a top ten pick. Yeah. I wonder if he would so have got, had he come out no. when he went to the combine. Would they have assessed? His oh, elbow this guy no is good. ridiculous. Well, his elbow was no good. That's why it was such a joke. Oh, he's coming back to get his degree, and he wants to win it. No, he doesn't. He's coming back because his elbows are a mess, hmm. and he won't. You know, it'll it'll hurt him in the draft. Yeah, you know what? Now that I say it, you got Cushing, you got Clay Matthews, you still got quite a few guys, but. Not many. I mean, when you think about the number of players that they drafted out, right. that they put into the NFL, there are not many, especially on the offensive side of the Who ball. Who does that to bridge the gap between college and uh, pro? I about a, a while back, I put together my list of the five programs that over the last decade have yielded the most NFL, uh, you know, uh, noteworthy NFL. It's not guys uh, that are you know playing special teams, but guys that you recognize. But had no uh, the program had no success, and not surprisingly, I had Pitt on that list with yeah. Larry Fitzgerald, Darrell Revis, Shady McCoy, and so on. Uh, who does it the best? Who well, who is the best feeder well, of guess, the NFL yeah. in terms of actually producing guys that end up being good? Georgia. I mean, Georgia. You know, Daniel Jeremiah has the line. I'm going to steal it from him, but it's the best looking team getting off the bus. You know, and it's not even close. It's when you call a Georgia game and you go down to either the Georgia Dome or up to Athens, or if, if they're somewhere else playing an SEC team, it's crazy what that team looks like. I mean, it is physical specimens on both hmm. sides of the ball, at running back, at receiver. When you start going through that list of Georgia guys, and that's why got, that, that's why the fan base goes after Mark Rick as much as they do. And it's like, look, the guy averages 10.5 wins a season, and yet they've been trying to run him out of town for five years. It's because of all the players they have that go to the NFL and put in big work in the NFL or our first round draft picks in the NFL. I mean, just think of A.J. Green and Matt Stafford. <laughs> I mean, there's your quarterback receiver combination. You know, it's, Did they it's, even have a one loss season? Uh, no, no. They always had multiple because they never won the <laughs> well, SEC crazy, championship. Yeah. I mean, last year, it's a shame that it got away from there in the, in the closing seconds. You because, wish that ball just falls incomplete and then you see if yeah. Murray can make one more play. Because that's the team. I mean, that team... Man, you want to talk about a squad that was stacked. They had everything on that squad. And now they have no D, but that offense is back. So do you think that, that was, well, give us the first pick of the season. Yeah, Clemson. Clemson in Death Valley. That's the beauty of college football. I know I've, I've said this a million times before. I say it a million and first now. 
That's what's great. We're not even into September. These two teams that consider themselves at least to be title contenders. And they're basically going to get a death blow here in Death Valley. You lose. That's it for you, probably. I mean, losing early is a lot better than losing late. Yeah, but but Clemson as an ACC team has no chance if they lose. And if Georgia loses, then they're not going to run the table. No, Georgia can see Clemson can't lose because you can't have a one-loss ACC team. Georgia can lose because it's not an SEC game. They can still win their half of the SEC, win the SEC championship, and they'll be included. So Clemson's got to win. I like the Tigers. I I do not like their defense. It gave up way too many points last year. Georgia can put up points on the board. That defense is spectacular. But watching them beat LSU last year in that, I think it was the Chick-fil-A Bowl, uh, I think that's what it was. It was the Chick-fil-A Bowl that they won that that game. That's going to do something for them. I mean, they have leadership at the quarterback position in Taj Boyd. I love Taj Boyd. He holds onto the ball a little bit too long, but I'm guessing that's about all they had to correct this past season. Sammy Watkins is arguably better than Nuke Hopkins, and he was something special last year because Sammy was banged up. They lose Dre Ellington, but they still have a ton of talent at running back. Uh, Georgia, you know, they lost their entire defense, but kind of like Alabama two years ago when all those players went to the NFL and they're like, what are they going to do? Well, look what they did. They just, they get great guys. There's a, it's just next man up when it comes to those SEC teams. There, there is and something... you just had, by the way, Dabo Sweeney yeah, on the, uh, one of my favorite guys on the podcast, yeah, Pete, NFL 365. Yeah. It's our draft 365 podcast. Dabo came on and he's the best man. He is such a cool guy is he? to talk to. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at him on the sideline, he loses his S. I mean, he really freaks out during the games and it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, I, I hope Clemson wins. I would love to see them, you know, the ACC, I don't know the exact numbers. It's something like six. I think they're six and thirty-six against ranked teams outside of their conference the last three years. That's they're just you know they they, they kicked around. They're the stepchild of, of all these big well, conferences. I mean, it is an interesting thing as as far as what you said earlier about the the, the we're headed towards super conferences, and you know now you inject. Syracuse and Pitt. I know they haven't been relevant yeah. individually, but that it's a, Notre it's Dame. a little bit you get tougher. Five games with Notre Dame, right? So that'll certainly help their their profile. That that's it's you know there's a reason why it's the game of the week. Alabama Vatek, Look, if Logan Thomas can figure something out that he couldn't last year, maybe he makes it interesting. I respect the hell out of Frank Beamer. I love the way he coaches, especially when it comes to special teams. That ball just always seems to bounce their way in big games, specifically. But Alabama should roll over them. The TCU-LSU, you know, that's your sleeper hmm. big game because Gary Patterson is crazy, number one. Number two, he likes to wear a short sleeve, dry-fit mock turtleneck that's six sizes too small and his gut's just jiggling <laughs> around on the sideline as he's calling plays. He wears tinted prescription glasses. Look, they look like Kent to Culvey's. I mean, that's really that's really a, a man to behold during the calling of a college football game. Uh, that's that, Look, you said it. Football's, it's college football. I mean, this is... LSU and TCU season because I think TCU can win the Big 12 and if they end up knocking off LSU here to open it up on a neutral site that could push them you know if all things being equal into a, you know a BCS championship game all right I've I've spoken as fast as I can quickly Johnny Manziel will he win the Heisman this year no no not with that not with the you know, was he technically eligible last year? Did he do this when he had the trophy? The whole Reggie Bush, the Cam Newton, they, they need to get as far away from that as possible. Um, and now I'm going to do the old Seinfeld bit. Having said that, he, he, he there's nobody else in college football that's that's the same watch as Johnny Football, man. When he True. gets it going, it is so fun to watch him play. Who wins? Bridgewater, Boyd, who gets it? 
That's it. I mean, look, last year it was a guy that was listed second on the depth chart at quarterback when the season started that won the Heisman. You know, two years ago it was Cam Newton. Nobody knew who he was. I mean, it, it, you know, or three years ago. You know, you got RG3 with five, four losses, I think, on the season. You know, somehow gets it ahead of Andrew Luck. It, it's not what it used to be, you know, when you had your five it's guys. It's better now, though. It it's is better. Because there was a run in the 90s and early aughts where it really became the, the, the most recognizable but least important award yep. in sport. I mean, when you had, uh, I, I can't think of his name now, uh, not Josh Heupel, but the kid who followed oh, him. Oh, Jason White. Jason White. Yeah. When you had the, these exactly. kind of guys winning it, they, 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 they tarnished it. But at least Cam Newton and Johnny Manziel, for what for better or worse, yeah. have, have made it relevant. I mean, Bridgewater's great. He's in Louisville should run the table. So that's, that's if you had to, if you were forced to pick somebody, that's probably the one that makes the most sense. Here's the final fight. Here, let me make this argument, then you go. I want to tell you this about the Final Four. Here's why it's great. Because for uh, let's think about, now it's already three years ago, but Brandon Whedon's Oklahoma State. Sure. Andrew Luck, Stanford, and then you had LSU and Bama. Bama loses at home. I don't care what the excuse is. Well, if we had made kicks, yeah, you were at home, and you were favored to right. win. You lost. Now you've relinquished your right to claim uh, uh, the ability to participate in the title thing. Obviously, Oklahoma State and Stanford deserved a shot at LSU, as far as I'm concerned, more than Bama did, who already had their crack and missed it. However, the fifth-rated team had no claim to the number one spot. That's what I love about it. No dead weight, you see. You might be able to say, if you're the second team or the third team or even the fourth team in some seasons, you could say, hey, listen, I can make a case, a compelling case, that my team really should be number one. You're too far away at number five. You have no claim by season's end to say, you know what? But if they, you know, look at the schedule and everything. We're really should be number one. You might say we're number two or three, but you cannot make a case that you're one. Ergo, good teams, but no team that deserves to be number okay. one shall participate. So here, here would be That's my, what's here's, great. here's my volley back to you. Let forget three years ago. Let's just talk about this year. All right. You got Teddy Bridgewater in Louisville. They got a cake schedule. They'll it's be in the top cr- four. You sure? Yeah. You sure? What? If, Positive. What if, if they're undefeated, they'll okay. be in the top four. So let's Oregon or Stanford runs the table. They're ahead of them, all right? And it's right. very likely that one of those two teams can do that. Say they have one loss. They're still exactly. ahead still of them. Exactly, still ahead of them. SEC team runs the table. Fine. Ahead of them. Okay. Big 10, Ohio State. What if they go undefeated again? Ahead of them. Big 12, let's say it's Oklahoma, Texas, or TCU that wins the Big 12 outright. A one-loss team? Huh? No. Not a one-loss team out of that conference? So let's say, no. Right, but let's say you get an undefeated team. I'm it's, just, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't but, break that but way. My point is, I follow what you're teams, saying because last year, think about it. You have this BCS bowl, and everyone's like, ah, or I don't even think it was a BCS bowl. Uh, ah, maybe it was. I think it was Sugar Bowl, or was it the Sugar Bowl? Florida v. Louisville. Ah, what a stinker! Louisville in that crappy conference. Florida's going to mop them, and then Teddy Bridgewater just comes out and lights it up. I mean, and puts on a, a passing display, and Will Muschamp's jaws still on the freaking ground there in New Orleans. I hear that, so but that's, I also, that's, but that's my know, problem. I know, but that's it in a vacuum. Because these if it teams, were, if it were Week Eight and that happened, and these two teams are sure making their push for for a national crown, but you take. A a month off who knows you can't put any stock in that some teams some programs are let down by not being where they wanted to florida you know they, they look good and then they fizzle they're probably so, so far removed see, I, I emotionally from at, that whereas teddy bridgewater and louisville they need this for the program right. but think about last year just think about last year when you want georgia in that 
Wouldn't you want Georgia, you know, that comes up four yards short in the clock? Wouldn't you want them no. in a final eight? See, I would. No, I, mean, I would absolutely I would. It'd would. be fine with me, but it, but you know, I, I would much rather have Georgia. I understand, but I, I would much rather. I knew that Notre Dame was going to get waxed by by Alabama. It was just a bad matchup. Sure, I would much rather to see a situation where Stanford gets in, Georgia gets in, Alabama gets, and you have. Well, this. wait a second. But, uh, listen, what was the final four? What? would have been your final four last, last year. Last year, you would have had Stanford. They won the Pac-12. Right. Uh, Oklahoma won the Big 12. They weren't very good. Um, Notre Dame's undefeated, so you Notre have Dame to is put undefeated, them into it. So they're in there. In the ACC, you have Clemson. Or no, Clemson. No, who won the ACC? Uh, Florida State won the ACC. See what I mean? So you end up Last year's a bad example because there weren't but that many good right, teams. Of course, Georgia has no claim. You had the undefeated Ohio State team, even though they were bowl eligible. Right. Let's just say they are. So now you got Ohio State in the mix, undefeated, not a very good Ohio State team in a crappy Big Ten conference. So let's just take that. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Stanford, Alabama, and now you're leaving out. Well, Georgia lost head to head against Bama, and that's the you don't want what you don't want to get to a point with in college football is is. A, a, on any level, removing the significance of the regular season. I agree. The beauty of it, as I you do know, agree. is every game is of huge import. That's, I mean, it beats every other sport. I do agree. I can't imagine sitting around and watching as much as I enjoy college basketball or, or what NBA or, or any. I can't imagine sitting around and watching the Hawaii tournament in basketball. That's why I say just add, Who cares? One, just add one more round. Because then you can open it up for an upset. Then you Here's can have day. the Louisville v. Alabama. Ah, Conference USA score. Big East school. They stink. you know. And then all of a sudden, you get this unique talent, this dynamic talent in Teddy Bridgewater that carves up Alabama, and that makes it fun. You know, you have a Kellen Moore, Doug Martin, Georgia Loca, Boise State team that puts it to LSU, I and that's that. what makes it fun. But if you have this, uh, you know, uh, a Boise State undefeated team, you could still put them in there. They're the, yeah. They'll be the fourth team. And my point is, the fifth-place team, like Georgia, has no claim. They it, might feel like, oh, we had one more play. We could have had it. Once but you they didn't get, get it, and Once that's they it. get to those four big conferences, then you can have your Final Four. Until All they right. get there. I want eight. Two things. Yes. And then you walk out yeah. the door and we I'll never speak of it again. 12 minutes late for my production meeting. That, you know what? They you hate me them. already. Uh, listen, you know what? You say you were with Damashek and that, that oh, excuses that, everything. That, does that you work just, around here? Yeah, listen. All right. The name Damashek at the NFL Carry some weight. opens doors. Hey, it now. gets ink. All right. Now listen. What would be the? What is the Final Four this year? If they played it, what would it be? Final Four, I'm going to go Stanford over Oregon. I will go Alabama because I think you're foolish not to pick them. I like Clemson in the ACC as much as I, I cannot wait to watch this new Florida State quarterback. I'm not quite sold there. Big Ten, you ready for this? Ready for a little, little upset special in the mm-hmm. Big Ten? Northwestern Wildcats. North, really? They get Ohio State at home. <laughs> they get Michigan at home. They get both those teams at Ryan Field. I love Kane Coulter. I love Pat Fitzgerald. I'm a, I think that's your sleeper squad in the Big Ten Wow! this year. That is bold. And uh, let's see, Big 12, like I said, I'll go TCU. So there we go. What is, where do you like when you go into a public bathroom, which urinal do you like to choose? Let's say there's a wall of okay. five. Um, wall of five, I'm going to go farthest to one side. The first one you encounter, the one farthest away? Probably the away. one farthest. Farthest really? away, yeah. Why so? Because people don't re- – this is going to ruin urinals for a lot of folks. There's a lot of splash. Uh-huh. 
and if anybody comes next to you, then you could experience splash. Right. And I just it grosses me out. Yeah. So like I know people that like the middle because they have a lot of room on both sides, but now you're opening yourself up on each side to get someone to bring splash into the picture. You ever been a hand on the wall guy? Never. No. Disgusts me. Yeah, I don't like that. You know? Um, and I don't get too close to the urinal. I'm not a jam my pelvis into the urinal no, guy either. I got to stand a little either. bit away. That those, grosses me out too. Yeah, I need those, I need distance. Those guys have self esteem issues, but they're you know they they worry about what other fellas think. But you know here's the here's the the secret move for you, money. You might like this. Here's what I do, guys. Because again, this has something to do with the chip on their shoulder kind of mentality. No one wants the junior. Uh, the junior urinal, that's my move because people feel like it makes me less of a man. I'm not a, I'm not a short fella either, but you take the small one, nobody else is using Oh, I, well, I'm not a child. I'm a grown man. I see like, what you're saying. You know, It's the cleanest I, one in the business. It's the cleanest one. I like one. that. And, by the way, I don't want to work blue, but if you think about it, if you really are proud of your manhood, then don't you need that extra foot down to, for, to handle. For the louder splash? No, oh. I'm saying your manhood. Your ma- okay. If you, don't you need extra room? Well, I don't, I don't, Do I've you understand? Never really, yeah, I've never really encountered a urinal that was that high. You know, they're usually low enough where I don't. But, the, but I need extra. I can't. It's. <laughs> what are you working with there, Shex? It's like 20 inches low. I'm sending a. <laughs> Let's move it. Let's move What's it on, wrong, guys. Black tie. Let's move it on. Let's move it on. All Keep right, fine. Let money go then. I listen. I got to go to stage four. Go do it, and you're going to be doing it uh, for Thursday night football for yep. TNF Extra. We got a new deal this year. NFL.com every Thursday night. Matt Money Smith, one of the great play-by-play guys. You can hear him all over the country calling college football and NFL this season. He's going to be calling the Thursday night football game. Yes, Brad Nessler and Mike Mayock will be in the booth doing it on the network, but meantime, money, you can make a a legitimate case, will be doing an even more compelling thing because it's the all-22. It's the all, you can see all the players on the field. We got like 10 angles. We have the all-22, we have the high and low end zone cam, we have the cable cam. It's, it's really neat uh it's it's we're kind of calling it and it's stupid command central because we've got like these 12 monitors with all the different angles we're going to let the people at nfl.com watch all those different angles solly is going to solomon wilcox is going to do the telestrator the analysis i'll be calling play by play maybe we'll just do the straight you know it's called the 50 cam which is what you usually see on tv but we're going to try to stay away from it you know so you can almost use it as a companion you can use it if you're stuck somewhere where you can't get the network in the moment watch it on your on your ipad or your tablet, or your computer at work, and uh, they're great games. I mean, you know the schedule. It's it's a great year for Thursday Night Football, and I'm I'm pretty jazzed to be and, part of it. And by the way, if that's not enough for you, Damashek will be joining Elliot Harrison and Daniel Jeremiah, I oh, believe. Oh, there we go. As a part, yeah, when, when money isn't flapping his gums, EH and uh, DJ and Damashek will be flapping hours talking about, yeah, it's going to be a good time on Thursday night. All right, run All right. free. Muzzle tub the money as he t- continues along with his radio partner Petros their takeover of the sports world. Petros making his hay on Fox Sports One. I see he's him doing talking the, college uh, football. Yeah, he's doing the Utah Utah State game right now as we speak. These are heady days for uh, for money and for uh, for Petros. And Thanks for, for you, jumping Shaq. in here. Well, and yeah. for you. Yes, I, well, uh, reflected glory. Yeah. Well, but not like the reflected stuff when you use the wrong urinal, you understand. That's the kind of reflection you stuff. don't want. That's right. Take the far one. Don't up- I don't want to upset black tie any further. Thanks for stopping in, Money. We still, You know what we haven't done? We haven't done 
what you've always proposed, and you know I like talking about food, our sandwich competition. Let's do it. Our sa- all right, you'll, we'll do it soon. We'll do it again. All right, Money, run along. Oh, yeah. All right, there he goes. The great Matt Money Smith, black tie. Is he gone? He's gone. Do you like him? Matt Money? Yeah. He's, he's, he's cool peoples. He's yeah. a very interesting man. He used to... He used to work in radio. He used to work for the Lakers, like he said. Well, he still works in radio. Well, he used to work in music. He actually used to work in music. Yeah, he knows a lot about music. Mm -hmm. Who do you like better, him or Rank? Rank hasn't been in, by the way, I should mention, because he has uh, laryngitis. Quote, unquote. But if you notice, last couple weeks ago when we did the Madden podcast, Rank made made a note to say, hey, this game comes out on August 27th. Make sure you take the day off work. Uh, All of a sudden... Rank gets sick on August 27th, which well, is the day well, Madden came well. out. Um, well, listen, I'm very excited about college football, and uh, we don't have to indulge that too much more except to say it's boring, but I think it's going to be Bama, and I think I'm going to go Ohio State. There's my pick on record. I wanted to get it on record. That's what we have to do next week, Black Tie. We absolutely, positively must get everyone's picks on record. You know what I want out of you, Black Tie, right now? I want a bold prediction that's actually bold about the NFL. I don't want hokum either. I don't want silliness. This isn't uh, your five minutes of stand-up. I want you to do a legitimate thing. Tell me something like the Broncos, if you believe it, the Broncos are going to go 5-11. and 11. Something bold. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Peterson. I say he catches... Hmm. Four receiving touchdowns this year. Wow. See, that's the spirit of what I'm talking about. Go that's routes. Bold. That's, that's all bold. it is. They tried it their last preseason game, and they put him in a slot, and it was just a go route. Carson threw it up. I can see that happening a lot where you just throw him in, and he just runs, and he catches a touchdown. What do we need to Tory do? Smith-like. Well, listen, drop me a line at Damashek and, and or give it the hashtag DDFP. Before, because these are it. These are the final moments before NFL kicks off. We are in football season officially now. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, then football season is here. Pro season, though, doesn't start until next Thursday night. What is it that you want to hear from me? Oh. And here's a little something as we run up to the start of the season. The newest NFL. Many of you have emailed. I appreciate it. Asking after it. Where is it? We need a new NFL. This edition, what would have happened if Raheem Moore would have made the play on that Flacco desperation bomb? How would things have shaken out differently? We're taking you right up to where we left off, basically. So go look at that at NFL.com. I, uh, I especially enjoyed this one. And it has everything to do. That's not vanity that or, uh, or uh, arrogance. That has everything to do with my man Gish and the boys over there at Bindle Dog. They do, as usual, exceptional animation on it. So, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Also, in the name of uh, self-promotion, next Tuesday night, LaDainian Tomlinson has his football life. It's the hour-long bio documentary, of course, on NFL Network. Right after that, the new show, Backstory, with Jen Brown and Dave Damashek on it. What do you think about that? Black tie? Are you, you happy? Jim Brown? We'll sit there. We'll kibitz with the, with LT. We'll kibitz with that, and we'll cover it all. 
What cut? What, give me a good question. You can hashtag it DDFP. Let me know a good question that I absolutely need to ask LT, and I'll ask him anything too. I really will. I'm not. A, I, I do want to talk to him. We did it here on this show. I want to talk more about what are any regrets about not being in that game in Foxborough, AFC title game. What did he say to Marlon McCree in Ot Six after McCree intercepted the ball and then had it stripped? They could have gone and won the Super Bowl. Any feelings about that? These things. Whatever you want me to ask him, you let me know. That's going to be a gay old time, though, uh, to be sure. I'm really so enthused. We've said so much to fill the time to get to this point. Now I feel like there's so much more that needs to be said. We need to go team by team. But you know what? We're not going to do that. Next time we talk, we will have our once and for all, our final predictions, our final, you know, everybody's drafting their fantasy teams, all that stuff, it's its really, like I say, you know what? I hear the Yub Nub song, the, the, they're singing right now, the Ewoks. They're belting out their tune, and, and they should because everything's all right in the world. But you know what? Give it a second lap, Black Tie. Footballiest time of the year. We'll be back with more Who Eat Applesauce in just a few days, and then football, a pro football, right after that. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all. With Tebow Tebowing and Mile High Payton's throwing, it's time for football. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the year. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.